Welcome to the first official podcast of Reforming the Age. My name is Micah, and I am your host. And you've been following thus far. You've seen a couple changes, both in this podcast and in my Instagram page. First of all, the main focus of my page and podcast used to be Heresy Hunters. That was the name, and that was the focus on exposing false teaching and exposing heretical theology. However, the focus of my page has changed to reforming the age, as the name implies, and the focus and direction that I am heading with my page now, and the theme, as as you already have read in the description of the podcast, is bringing back the people of God to the Word of God, and I want that to be the focus of what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that I will not stand against false teaching or even speak against false teaching because all of us ought to continue to do that. However, the focus of my podcast and and my time, what I've been investing in, are going to change. I want to put content out there uh, on things that, that I've been learning and and things that will benefit you and your spiritual life in a, in a way that that changes you so I want to share more truth than that continue to expose what is false and and to be honest it, it took a lot of toll for me to continue to research and and figure out what false teachings are out there and and don't get me wrong I, I, again I will stand against that, but I want the focus uh, to be of edifying the body and bringing back the people of God to the Word of God in a way that that blesses you. So I hope that this episode blesses you. The first one being the fear of the Lord. Yes, you you have read it right. Now, as we get right into it, I I want to just ask you: When you hear the fear of the Lord, what do you think about? Because I I, I would be honest with you. Uh, Normally, when I heard the fear of the Lord, I didn't really know how to explain it. And I would say that this is a topic that is overlooked and often misunderstood among believers. And I would say that many of us, maybe that are listening, many of us could potentially have a correct fear of the Lord. But many of us, like me... I would say that I had an incorrect view of the fear of the Lord. Matter of fact, I think many of us, if we're honest and we're listening, are terrified of God. And maybe terrified of his judgments and his wrath. And then there's there's other people uh, as well that, that the only reason they follow Christ is because they're terrified of hell. And then there's others, however, of course, that maybe focus too much on his love, his mercy, his grace... And they don't really think about his holiness, his wrath, his anger, his judgment. And many of us, when we think of the fear of the Lord, I mean, this is where I used to be. Maybe not to this extent, but but maybe you that are listening, maybe you tend to cringe when someone mentions the fear of the Lord. And you might say, well, God is merciful. He's a merciful father. Why should I need to be afraid of him? 
I used to say that. Why do I need to be afraid of God? That used to be my mentality long ago. Or maybe, maybe you would think, well, to the opposite extreme, extreme uh, of course, I fear God. He could destroy me. I'm an ant. He can squash me underfoot whenever he desires. So I have to be careful with what I say and what I do. Maybe, maybe that's where you're at. If you resonate with any of this, let me just tell you that there's good news. What I want to focus on, something doing something a little bit different, I want us to flush out the book of Proverbs and see what it says about the fear of the Lord. Now, many of us probably are familiar with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If I ask you that, you might already answer that. I mean, Sunday school answer. What is the fear of the Lord? It is the beginning of wisdom. And most people would know that. But Proverbs says so much more things about the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to mention four for us today. And I think we should start with, well, the beginning, right? What is the fear of the Lord? How would you explain it? Well, I think that we can go to the first chapter of Proverbs, specifically in verse 7. And let the scriptures tell us what it is, right? It says, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs chapter 7, chapter 1, verse 7, excuse me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it says, the fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, what is that fear? Well, I'll tell you what is not first, okay? It's not like the fear that you have, or may potentially have, towards heights, spiders, lizards, bugs, you name it. Matter of fact, it's not even the enjoyable fear or exciting fear that you get when you are going up a roller coaster and you are close to the top and you know deep inside of you that you're going to dart downhill towards the end. No, it's it's not even that. According to the Hebrew in this in this passage in Proverbs 1.7, it is yi'ah, which is dread, being terrified, standing in awe, or having reverence. That's what the word says. And I would say that with the Lord being the focus of this fear, right, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, him being the focus of this yi'ah, it, it it captures both aspects of, yes, shrinking back, as we read, in fear, and of even drawing close in awe. So it's both. It's not one or the other. It's not just shrinking back and being terrified, but it is shrinking back in fear and drawing close in awe and amazement. So it's not a trembling dread that paralyzes you. It's like a fear of being in front of a father that you respect and loves you. And it's not a fear of of being in front of maybe a huge spider or maybe the fear of being in the edge of a two-story roof and feeling your feet slipping And quite frankly, it is not a polite reverence either. According to the definition 
of Yah. It is a reverential submission to the Lord's will. Let me repeat that. The true fear of the Lord, it is a reverential submission to the Lord's will. And friends, it doesn't end in proclaiming or even singing of this reverential submission. Because many of us are quick to sing that we fear the Lord or reverentially submit to Him. But that reverential submission should never end in just the singing that we proclaim in Sunday mornings. It must radiate out towards the rest of our lives. To the really to the event and transformation of our lives. That's what it needs to happen. It should radiate out of us to the result that each moment of our time is no longer our time, but the Lord's time, the Lord's moment. We start seeing it that way to the point that we start seeing each relationship in our lives as the Lord's opportunity or the Lord's relationship. That's what submission does. Or for example, each duty or task in our day as the Lord's command and each blessing as the Lord's gift. Because that is how he receives glory and honor. Brothers and sisters, it is a beautiful and powerful, overwhelming fear that doesn't paralyze us, but brings us closer, draws us closer and closer to the heart of Christ. That's true fear of the Lord. The true fear of the Lord is beautiful and it draws us closer to the heart of Jesus. And we'll see that later. And Martin Luther the great reformer said that it is a filial fear. It's a it's a fear of a child who's in awe of his father and doesn't want to do anything that would violate his father and disrupt their loving relationship. That's the fear that is mentioned in Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is something. What is it? According to Proverbs 1.7, it is the beginning of knowledge. In this verse, as we see the beginning of knowledge, we clearly see that this beautiful, powerful, overwhelming fear is the starting point or the origin of knowledge. But let, let me be clear, it's, it's not an intellectual knowledge, it's not a knowledge that is based of how much you know or take in, but a recognition, hear this, a recognition of God as he has revealed himself to be. That is what the beginning of knowledge is. This, that's the knowledge that we're referring to here. Now you might be saying, okay, great. So this reverential submission to the Lord's will is the beginning of the knowledge of who he is? Okay, so why does that matter? That's great. Well, I'll tell you why it matters. If, if you love God, 
You will want to get to know God. And how do you grow in in the knowledge of him and knowing him? Well, by fearing him and submitting to his will. And you might be saying, well, yeah, but what does that look like? Well, I'm I'm glad you asked. (laughs) And I think it, it looks like you and I both coming to Christ every morning and submitting our plans and submitting our futures and submitting our desires to him. Why? Because we know that he is the owner and Lord of both our plans and our futures. And most importantly, our desires. Let me ask you a question. At work, or for you students at school, do you do whatever you desire? Or do you follow the plans of your bosses or your teachers? Now you probably would say, well, yeah, the plans of your my teacher or my boss. Why do you think we do that? Well, I'll answer that for you. I'm glad you asked. Well, it's because you know that you're under their authority and they have a say on your future, both in the company, if you're a worker, or in your grades, if you're a student. And knowing that, knowing that reality, I want to ask you further. If you know that they're your authority, right, and they expect you to make it to work every day, why do you follow that? Again, they have the authority to either fire you or fail you if you're a student. You know that. However, why is it that you and I do not view God in that way. We view him not as the living authority and sovereign God, but we view him as someone that is our pal, that he wants every desire that we have in our hearts. When it comes to God, we don't see it that way. We don't see it. We don't see him as the living sovereign God that rules our world and our universe. We see him the same way that the end of this proverb, those fools see him as. We despise wisdom and instruction. We tend to want to do that. That's the end of verse 7. It says that, the, be, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why do you and I do that? Because at times we don't have a correct view of the fear of God. And people just don't fear God. They don't see God as who he is. As the powerful, mighty, wrathful, vengeful, just and righteous king that will rule with a rod of iron, as Revelation 2.27 says. Most people wouldn't even dare to look at Revelation 1 in the way that Jesus is described, as one who is clothed with a long robe to show his majesty and honor, or one whose hairs of his head are like white as wool, 
like snow because of his purity and his holiness or his eyes that are a flame of fire that radiate and see every ounce of the condition of our hearts or maybe his feet that are like burnished bronze that are refined in a furnace that are swift to execute judgment and blessing or maybe his voice that is like a roar of many waters the next to Niagara Falls it, it falls into comparison fails to compare it to that that his voice is, it, it is a roar that surpasses even that great fall it says that in his right hand he holds his church and out of his mouth he has this two-edged sword that pierces through marrow the word of God pierces to every area of our life and that face that shines like the sun in full strength with his splendor and beauty and glory and majesty is that the way that you see Jesus is that the way that you see your sovereign Lord or do you see him as a do you see him as someone that doesn't care about your future that doesn't really care about what you do as long as you're good. As long as you do the good Christian thing. Let me just tell you that that's not who Jesus is. He desires us to be like him. And as we will see soon, his delight was the fear of the Lord. This reverential submission was his delight. That is... The one that is described in Revelation 1, 12-18. This glorious king is the one that we must fear and adore. He's the one that we must tremble in his presence. But come near through his interceding work. So what else? Number two, what else do, does the book of Proverbs tell us about the fear of the Lord now, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, tells us that the fear of the Lord is the hatred, is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. That's Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. So this reverential submission to the Lord's will, as we already saw, is not only the beginning of knowledge, but it is hatred of evil. Now, you might be thinking, well, yes, that's obvious. I mean, I know 1 John 1, 5, Micah. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So, of course, we should hate the opposite of what God is. You're right. You're right. But do you? Do you actually do that? Do you truly hate what is evil? Or do you like to flirt with what is evil? I would, I would say that that's many of us, all of us. Now you might say, well, I'm not going to lie. Yes, that's true. Or maybe when it comes to lying, for example, many of us say, well, I don't lie. I just withhold the truth a bit. Or we would almost say, it's just a white lie. I, I have no choice if I really come clean 
that's going to hurt other people. So I, I kind of say these white lies for the sake of protecting others. How noble are we? <laughs> How noble are we, huh? But, but guess what? God's not colorblind. To him, any sin, any lie is a grievous offense to his glory. Regardless if someone gets hurt or not. Him, the Lord, is the only one we should be afraid to hurt. I mean, look at the end of our verse. This fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. But it says that pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So the wisdom of God hates pride. The fear of the Lord is against pride. It's the opposite of pride and arrogance. And the opposite of perverted speech and evil. My question is, do you actually hate those things as well? Or is everything about you? Is everything about how you enjoy speaking, what you enjoy doing? Maybe you find great excitement and joy in in saying double-sensed jokes at work or in school. Maybe you enjoy making fun of people, making fun of others. Friends, a person who fears the Lord and that reverently submits to his will will not love what is evil. That's clear. You won't love it. You might commit that as we all do because we are sinners and we're going to fail. But you're not going to love it. It is not going to be your delight. If you're a true believer, it is not going to be your delight. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 tells us, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Friends, who will you worship? Who is more important to you today? Is the fear of the Lord what's most important to you? Do you hate what is evil? That's the question. Number three, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, we all know that one. We've heard that one. We've said it in Sunday school. But do we truly understand this? Do we truly believe this? This fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So, this reverential submission to the Lord's will is not only the beginning of knowledge, hatred of what is evil, but is also the beginning of true wisdom. So, the fear of the Lord is the absolute essential starting point if you want to acquire true wisdom. Now, you might be saying, okay, what is wisdom now for the jews wisdom meant quote a practical understanding of how to live a life that is pleasing to god let me repeat that a practical understanding of how to live a life that is pleasing to god 
Now, how do we get this practical understanding of the will of God? We know that true wisdom comes from above, from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of radiation due to change. As James says, quote, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. So God is the source of our wisdom. And as we reverently submit to his will, to him, we receive practical understanding. Okay, but how do we do that? What's an example, maybe, of of us using practical understanding to live a life that pleases God? That's a good question. Glad you asked. Well, I'll put it this way. If, for example, if you know, as I hope you know, that God said you shall have no other gods beside me, what would reverential wisdom do? I'll tell you. Someone that submits to the Lord's will and reverential wisdom would throw away their idols. So, for example, if if you when you wake up in the morning, the first thing that you do is check Facebook and spend an hour there instead of talking with the Lord. What you would do first is maybe put limits on your phone, so you don't spend hours and hours on Facebook. Or maybe you get up earlier in the morning to spend time with the Lord. So later on, you don't make the excuse that you didn't have enough time to pray or read the word. Or maybe instead of reading love novels that maybe have sensuality, not that there's anything wrong with reading novels, but if they're leading you away from a pure mind, maybe you should focus on reading books that are going to educate you on the nature of God, on the love of God, on His glory and power and might. So true wisdom that proceeds from this reverential submission to the Lord's will does exactly that, brothers and sisters. Submits to what is pleasing to him, regardless of the cost. Regardless of the cost. Now, lastly, in Proverbs 14, 27, it says that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. that one may turn away from the snares of death. That is absolutely beautiful. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. So this reverential submission to the Lord's will is not only the beginning of knowledge, hatred of evil, beginning of wisdom, but it is also considered the fountain of life. That is that is outstanding. It is a continual outpour of life to those who seek it. Think about it. A fountain? It is a continual outpouring of this water, this life. That is a beautiful way to look at it. It is a outpouring of life. So Solomon here shows us that since it is a continual outpouring of life, The snares of death will never overtake us. Thus, this fear keeps us from ruin, friends. The fear of the Lord has always been shown to correlate with life. This isn't a new concept. Matter of fact, it correlates with covenant, with wisdom, with blessing. 
Remember Proverbs 14, 2? Think about Proverbs 14, 2. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord. Now, in his book, Walking with God, Jeremiah Boros, one of my favorite men of the faith, he says that those that have the best joy in their hearts are those that walk most in the fear of God. Did you catch that? Listen to what he said. Those that have the best joy in their hearts are those who walk most in the fear of God. But what example of this do we have? You might be thinking, this is impossible. I can't do this. Well, let me just give you some good news, friends. The example that we have of this is Christ. He was the only one that was perfect in the perfect example of reverential submission to the will of God. Matter of fact, in John chapter 6, verse 38, he says that for this reason, I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Friends, if Christ feared God and submitted to him in obedience, how much more must we? Friends, Jesus was the fulfillment. He was the only completely upright man. And if he submitted to the Lord's will, it stands to reason that we ought to as well. That he will lead us in that way. In Isaiah chapter 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 2 and 3, we see something absolutely incredible about Jesus. As Isaiah shows the Christ, the, the root of the stump of Jesse, he describes him this way, quote, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, speaking of Jesus, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Catch this. The spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Look at the last part. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Did you catch that? His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Who? Jesus. If the delight of Christ was the beautiful powerful, overwhelming reverence mission to the Father, then my question to you is, will that, you, will that be your delight as well? Or do you think yourself as greater than your master? Do you? That was his desire. It was his delight. He loved God. He, he wanted and desired to submit to him. In reverence. Is that true for you, friends? I want it to be true for you if it's not. Because I can tell you that it was not for me for a long time. And the more that you see the, the beauty of this true fear of God, it leads you to true beautiful worship in a way that glorifies Him. So friends... Fear God and worship Him alone the way that He deserves, with reverent submission to 
his will. That's my desire to you and my challenge to you this week that you reverently submit to him knowing that in this fear there is wisdom, in this fear there is true knowledge, and in this fear hatred of what is evil should and must be found because this reverent submission is the fountain of life to those who seek it. So, friends, please, please, Turn away from your ideologies of the fear of the Lord and submit reverentially to his will for his glory so that your heart may scream, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ alone, I will live and die for his glory alone. I pray that that's the reason why you live and breathe and have your being friends thank you so much for listening i pray that you're blessed by this podcast i pray that your view on the fear of the lord changes in a way that glorifies honors christ and brings you closer and closer to his word for the glory of his name god bless you and like always Please, if you have any questions or concerns or want to communicate, go to my Instagram page at Reforming the Age. I'd love to connect with you and speak with you. If you have any questions, any concerns. Also, again, please consider uh, not only reaching out, but also consider the challenge. Fear God. And keep his commandments. Because, like Solomon says, it is the whole duty of man. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you so much for joining. And I hope and pray that you are blessed in all that you do for his glory. Amen.